My name is Sergei Gusev, and my work seeks to create a comprehensive reference book of terms and definitions in theory and practice of gravity and magnetic methods. Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to a new year of Seismic Sound Off in-depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this first episode for 2023, I speak with author Sergei Gusev on his new book, Gravity and Magnetic Encyclopedic Dictionary. In this episode, Sergei shares his motivation for compiling this resource with more than 3,200 terms and the unique format he created for this dictionary. He also highlights a few of his favorite terms and what he hopes this book achieves. Across many disciplines, especially those interested in rare earth elements and mineral resources, this book will serve as an essential and comprehensive resource. This is also a useful and fun conversation, highlighting a valuable resource for the scientific community that will be on bookshelves for years to come. To learn more about Sergey's book in both print and ebook, visit seg.org podcast or check out the show notes for this episode. Let's get to my conversation with Sergey Gusev. What motivated you to compile this resource for the gravity and magnetic community? You know, I believe that every warehouse needs a periodic inventory of its content. The same for any branch of science. Once in a half century or so, it is necessary to make a brief summary of what is known in accumulated experience and available in measuring instruments and data processing techniques. As a type of reference book, the Encyclopedic Dictionary is very useful. It is a convenient format and fast way of navigating within a wide range of condensed knowledge. In my 45-plus years of a professional career, the Encyclopedic Dictionary of Applied Geophysics by Robert Sheriff has been on my desk or nearby bookshelf for the last 25 years, for sure. Geophysics is an empirical science, and new experiences bring new terms and definitions. Since the last edition of 2006, if I'm not mistaken, there have been many new developments, innovations in acquisition, instruments, and data processing made such profound changes in the perception and capabilities of the gravity and magnetic methods that a need for a separate reference book, geomagnetic reference book, became quite evident. That was my motivation. Yeah, it's such a testament. I, Robert Sherrod's Encyclopedic Dictionary will kind of be the first thing to come to mind for a lot of people. So really giving yourself over to provide this resource and to continue it is really a gift that you're giving to the geophysical community. Give us a sense what the reader is going to find inside this book. Well, a lot. A lot. 3,200 terms. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> I have a very expanded answer. So be patient. The reader will find the most complete reference book of the gravity and magnetic terminology and basic formulas 
used in the oil and gas and mineral exploration, geodesy, civil engineering, environmental, scientific research, and many other applications. The total number of the gravimagnetic and relevant entries in my book is about four or five times more than those in the Sheriff's Encyclopedic Dictionary. It's truly complete, the most complete reference book available today in this particular branch of science, of course. Also, it's, and it's important, in addition to the standard total index showing in the alphabetical order all entries with corresponding page numbers, the reader will find the application index. It's a new feature with eight sections where entries are arranged in accordance with their particular use, say, acquisition, attributes, corrections, filters, geology, instruments, modeling inversion, and source depth estimation. So there is no need to shake memory in trying to recollect, for example, all gravity corrections or depth estimation methods applicable to your study. Just open the appropriate section and see what terms are available and page numbers where they are described. That's great. Yeah, I think that's such a nice thing for the audience to know. You know, some of Robert Sheriff's terms, they, they were like less than a sentence. I mean, it was like seven, eight words. So these are expanded entries. So it's really a ton of work within these terms. And I love the application index. That's such a great invention there. Where did these dictionary entries come from? With a few exceptions, the entries come from geophysical textbooks, peer-reviewed journals, and also from expanded abstracts of technical programs and workshop presentations at the international meetings of the SEG, National and Regional Geophysical Societies. Sources of information for selection of entries and their description are shown in the list of references that includes more than 500 titles. It's a long list. Clearly. And, and you mentioned this a little bit in, in a couple of questions before, but I don't know if you have some additional information on explaining how you formatted these entries to be relevant to the widest range of geophysical backgrounds. Majority of entries is presented in the format of a paragraph, paragraph with several sentences. They are written in a simple language where I try to find a balance between oversimplified and complicated phraseology to satisfy both specialists and non-specialists. Many entries have references for more detailed information. So if I am interested in a particular method of source depth estimation or data processing, I could look at this specified reference and read in much more detail and uh, some other information relevant to this particular term too. And I would say that accuracy of definition is a prime concern. So commonly, I use several sources to prepare the most accurate and at the same time reasonably brief 
definitions because it's a reference book, encyclopedic dictionary, it's something between dictionary and encyclopedia. Yeah, that's a fine line to walk between providing enough information to give people a sense of it, but not over-inundating them with information. Yeah, there is an old saying, if you define something, this definition is this non-complete, incomplete. If you think it's complete, you're wrong, and the definition is not completely correct. So you need to find kind of balance. Yeah, that's a nice humility to approach it there. Does your book cover terrestrial applications? Not only terrestrial. This book covers the land, submarine, shipboard, airborne, and spaceborne, I mean satellite-based, gravity and magnetic methods applied for studies of the Earth primarily, but describe principles of acquisition, data processing, and interpretation, all this applicable to any other planet or its moon or its several moons. All principles are the same, basically the same with some specific uh, related to a particular structure or planet position. How does this book relate to the new and growing fields of rare earth elements and mineral resources? Well, exploration for mineral and hydrocarbon resources is the focus of my book. Rare earth elements and basic principles of their exploration, detection of the relevant anomalies with the use of the gravity and magnetic methods are described in the entry, which is written in an extended format, considering the importance of this subject and um, not many information detailing these features is available in the information space. So I tried my best to be detailed as much as possible. You know, this is a huge undertaking to do any book, but especially I think a book set up like this. Did you have, you know, along the way, a few of your favorite terms that you you defined, you know, a terms that just stood out to you? Well, you know, I love all my terms, <laughs> all terms in this book, yeah. And it was, I'll be honest, it was a true pleasure to work on them. You know, it's a feeling of kind of creation or something like this, you know. Very nice process, I would say. There, there was no rush. It took me several years. Yeah, and um, my favorite, there are my favorites, of course. And my favorites are, say, absolute atomic gravimeter or space-borne Gauss gravity gradiometer and also rotating disk gravity gradiometer is true marvels of the engineering mind. And another one is Van Allen belts. It's amazing natural phenomenon, especially impressive in the NASA, NASA computer animation. You know, it looks like creation of some alien civilization at first glance. That's amazing, absolutely. Full tensor gradiometer, uh, gradient anisotropy and relating terms is a promise of the ultimate resolution of anomalies. It's a very interesting approach, and I like working on it. its description. There is a 
half a dozen of definitions under this general term, and it looks very, very interesting and promising. And Gusev filter, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get back to that in a moment. I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of inspiration just reading through this terms, even if maybe you don't feel like you work directly in, in gravity and magnetics. You know, over these 3,200 terms, did something surprise you? You know, was there a most surprising moment in, in working through these terms? Yeah, I was truly surprised to see how many of them and how wide is the applicable range of the gravity and magnetic methods. You know, as an exploration geophysicist, I wouldn't say that I was narrow-focused, but still, looking into this ocean of information, you can see how wide the, the range of application of the gravity-magnetic methods is. And uh, from the space exploration, to terrestrial archaeology and even forensic studies. Can you imagine? I didn't know that. And I heard from many people that they, there are so many different applications of these potential field methods, gravity and magnetic methods. This is kind of a, a bold question for an author to answer, but this is a, a bold book. So maybe you're here up for, for wondering this. What do you hope this book achieves? Well, I hope this book will be helpful in understanding the gravity and magnetic fields, methods, and instruments of their measurement, processing, and interpretation of the obtained data, as well as advantages and limitations of the gravity and magnetic methods in the geophysical exploration and other applications. Why Why would you say offering this resource to the geophysical community is important to you, that you worked several years to, to complete this book? Well, there are many reasons, I would say, but terminology is not only a basic component of knowledge, but also a language of communication. And I hope that this reference book will be useful for the international community yeah, of geophysicists of all specialization, not just geophysicists, gravity magnetic, but seismic, electromagnetic, geologists, and other research geoscientists. I believe it, I hope it could be useful uh, for many of them. And, you know, it's a kind of, I hope it will be a kind of common ground to make sure that we have the same understanding. Because, you know, Looking through available literature, I found that some terms, some definitions like boogie anomaly has different, not significantly, but still different meaning in different schools, like in China, Russia, or in Brazil. And I hope that my book will be this common ground from which we could develop mutual, better mutual understanding in application of different terms and their meaning. Yeah, that common understanding can't be under understated, especially with such an international field of geophysics. And speaking of being useful, you designed the Gustav filter. Please tell me, you know, why you came up with this filter and what it does. Well, it was quite unexpected, I would say. In the process of learning a new graphical software, 
I noticed that total gradient, it's a specific attribute of any field, gravity or magnetic, and horizontal gradient both respond to the fault-like subsurface discontinuities in the opposite manner. The former peaks while the later horizontal gradient drops to its minimum values. So calculation of their difference, profile-based or grid-based, proved to be triple advantages, triple. And it includes enhanced anomalous response, suppression of noise for detection of low-amplitude anomalies, and increasing their lateral and vertical resolution. There is an expression, kill two birds with one stone, meaning to achieve two things in a single action. Goose filter achieves three aims at once. That's why I like it. I mean, there needs to be a new saying for that. Doing three, three birds at one, one stone. <laughs> yes, three birds in one stone. That's the cushy filter. Yeah, that's pretty neat. You know, lastly here, what principle teaching or point of view has helped you be successful in your field? Well, it's a difficult question, but I believe it's my geophysical and geological university education. The SEG courses of continuing education, continuing education courses, such as those by Michael Ruder, Kurt Marford, Gordon Cooper, as well as the most important is insatiable curiosity and desire to learn more. Also, this book is under my name, but this final version is the result of a collective effort. Contributions of Giovanni Florio and John Pierce as volume editors and Ed Bigot as managing editor were critically important for accuracy of the book content and its consistency with the best practices and general principles of the gravity and magnetic science. Susan Stam was a book editor, making sure that grammar, style, and text formatting conform to the SEG publication standards. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> no, you absolutely did. You know, and just to end here, is there anything you would you would like to share that I didn't ask you? As I said, any reference book cannot be complete. We get new experience. We get new scientific data. We explore new places, new planets. So new terminology always appears. So such summaries, brief summaries, I believe they are extremely useful. But it's a never-ending work, open-end process, as they said. So I hope this book will be useful to the geophysical community. I hope to get uh, many responses, positive, negative, constructive, not any. And I hope we all together will work on making our mutual understanding and the common ground for this understanding as a joint effort. And I believe, you know, science, it's always interesting. Always interesting. I like 
to define terms. I like to see them in the format of a nice, brief, styled sentence. I like this word, and I hope it will be useful for the international community, not not only English-speaking, but in other countries, on other languages too. English is a universal language of scientific communication. That's why there's book in English. Well, Sergey, thank you for your contribution here. Maybe the, the second edition of this book will have 4,000 terms, and uh, we'll continue this contribution to, to the geophysical community. I hope so, too, because there are plenty of new terminology in space exploration, in exploration of the moon, Mars, Jupiter, and all other places. In the present version, it's only briefly mentioned, but if we come to the second edition, of course, I will add a lot of new terms, of course. Well, thank you for your time and and insight into this book. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. SEG produces Seismic Sound Off to benefit its members, the scientific community, and inform the public on the value of geophysics. To show your support for this show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Simply go to Seismic Sound Off on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on your phone. It takes less than five seconds to leave a five-star rating and is the number one action you can take to show your appreciation for this free resource. And follow the podcast while you are on the app to be notified when each new episode releases. Original music created by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary at 51 Features. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Cobb, Kathy Gamble, and Ali McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.